You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and this is the podcast for therapists about the things that go on with our practices, the things that we do in our lives. And this episode's working title is, why does it seem like every therapist has to be a coach? For uh, other therapists. For other therapists. Like, <laughs> it seems like, you know, in the development of therapists, we we go through certain rites of passage. We go and have arguments with ourselves about where the Kleenex box goes. We go through, you know, a bunch of licensing hoops. We burn out in some sort of agency kind of work. And then we decide that we're just going to sell other therapists. Here's how you develop your niche private practice sort of thing. So we are joined today in this discussion by a returning guest, somebody that we love, Joe Muirhead. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you, Kurt and Katie. And I am so nervous that I'm going to call you Kate and Curdy. So I'm just going to say it now so that everybody knows that that is a faux pas I am likely to make. And and if you're not watching, you're not watching this. So I just moved the Kleenex box because I, like Kurt, am a little bit sick of those conversations, <laughs> I must admit. <laughs> um, but thank you for having Kleenex available for your clients. Thank you for having me back. Let's get stuck into this conversation. Yes, yes. Well, before we get started, we're going to ask you the question we ask everyone, because not everyone okay. maybe have, has heard your first episode. We will link to it in the show notes. But mm-hmm. who are you and what are you putting out into the world? <laughs> okay. So my name is Joe Muirhead. I'm an Australian, which is why I sound like this. So good day, mate, for all of those <laughs> of you who needed that little inter- introduction. I am now referring to myself as a career-loving mum. It has taken me a really long time to actually get comfortable with how I'm a mum and I love my career at the same time. My son's 23. That's how long it took me to get there. But I'm a (laughs) career-loving mum and he is an awesome human being. So I'm a rehabilitation counsellor by qualification. I graduated from the University of Sydney in 1994. I have been a health professional for you're all quickly doing the mathematics. It's nearly 30 years. Yes, I have become one of those people. I also learned how to coach. I developed my skill set in coaching and have been coaching other health professionals now for over 10 years on what it's going to take for them to build a private practice that supports their lifestyle rather than practicing in a way that totally consumes them. That's who I am and what I'm putting out to the world. <laughs> so obviously, we're starting this episode very just, I, I, I don't know, what's what's the, the energy that we have here? Um, angsty or just kind of like, because you know, some of this did start with an email from a listener that was just kind of like, I have been to seemingly all of the coaches. They all seem to just get to kind of the same point in their programs. Like what separates the good coaches from the bad? So we we usually have some sort of question towards the beginning of, of this. Like, I don't know. Let's just jump to like, what makes good coaching? What makes bad coaching? I, I think where we need to start is let's be clear on what we are calling coaching. And is it really coaching? Okay. 
and I think that's part of the really big problem. Coaching is a skill set. Coaching is not just I don't want to be a therapist anymore. I can't handle the, you know, all the state border licensing control. Therefore, I'm going to do all of my therapy, but call myself a coach. That's not coaching. From a business perspective, business coaching is what do you need to do to become the type of business owner that you want to be? So I see people asking for coaching or referencing coaching, and I look at it and go, that's training. You're actually giving people a training program. You're teaching them some knowledge. You've even structured it in a way that looks like training. And then we've got people who are into mentorship. And I guess how I work is probably a blend of the two where it's kind of like, so you want to do what I've done or what you think I've done. Okay, I can mentor you, but I'm actually going to make sure as your coach that this is going to serve you. So I actually think we've got some problems with this burgeoning new thing that is fairly unregulated where we're calling ourselves a coach when we're really, are we coaching? Are we consulting? Are we training? Are we sharing? Are we bored? Are we burnt out? Like, <laughs> I think that's, that, 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 that's my list. So I think, you know, that's one of the first things that the other, the next thing that comes up is I think people, uh, consumers or customers of coaching, we have completely unrealistic expectations. So I have people who get, they come to me for one of my free consults because they've been hurt, burned, betrayed by other coaches. And then I go, well, okay. And I'm not going to name names because I don't do that. And I'm not into a gossip fest. So it's okay. We, we edit. You you can name them. We'll we'll (laughs) totally cut them out later. (laughs) 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 But no, and it's not about that coach or that consultant, because what I find is that the consumer or the, the therapist has gone to this person seeking something that's completely unrealistic. They, they go, for, they ask for one session of coaching to help them achieve something that I know that they can't achieve unless they, they put six months into it. I get frustrated by that as well. And then they come to me crying and angry and they've lost all their money and, and, and because they've invested and they got a list of things to do, but no help to implement along the way. So then again, I go, how are we defining as coaching? How do we as a profession want to be coached because to me coaching fits into a lifelong learning approach to us doing this work for a lot of our audience who might consider looking at somebody to help them build out a private practice how do you tell the good coaches from the bad i get you know i have my facebook for example i get you know a lot of targeted ads for like you know Fill your, you know, practice, you know, become a seven figure, 10 figure, you know, therapist in five days by following our coaching program. Like, how how do you tell what's good versus what's bad when everybody's using kind of the same language here? Yeah. So how do you guys do it for therapists? How, how, do, how do people choose a good therapist over a bad therapist? So it's, it's an uncomfortable question, but I think I think the, the way I go with people around this, and this this a question that gets asked in multiple forums, which is, I'm looking for a business coach. What recommendations do you have? And invariably, I get tagged in that post, and I go, "Oh my god, this post is going to have 230 million comments. All these people going, I can help, I can help, I can help." And the poor person who's put the post in there, 
is as con- confused as ever going, how the hell do I make a decision here? So rather than ask it right now, the first part of this answer, I think, is how do you like to learn, right? Because if you need a good coach, you need a good coach for you. You need somebody who is going to help you. So you need to know how you learn. You need to know what you're like when you get stressed. You need to know because coaching should be making you uncomfortable. It should be supporting you to get through that discomfort. It should be helping you put strategies together, not doing it for you, doing it with you, enabling you, empowering you. It should be a done with, this is my coaching, done with you approach, not done for you, not done to you, not done because you clicked by now and then you get your 10 lessons to go through and then you turn up for one, you know, Q&A session. That's not coaching. So if you can work out how you like to learn, sometimes we need help to do that as well, right? We need to go find someone, how do I like to learn? So I know I like to learn while I'm doing. Katie's a perfect example of that. She's been helping me with the symposium. We had a session together. She helped me identify what some barriers were to my thinking. She helped me realize there were some things I thought I wanted to do that I really didn't want to do. (laughs) Then we set an agenda together. Then I went away and implemented. But as I got stuck, I went back to her and said, right, we need to meet again. I need more help here because I know that's the way I like to learn. There are other people who just like to learn because they're so good at they watch information, they learn from information, they can go and implement information, and they're done with it. That's great. You're awesome at learning that way. That's not me. So I think part of the answer is you've got to know how you learn. The next, if you find a coach or somebody professing to be a coach that is all about them, stay away. (laughs) I help you do this. Seven figures in 60 days because that's what I did. Stay away. If you can find a coach that helps you think from their content, from the way they turn up in the world, because that's what, you know, the true definition of coaching is somebody who can help you with your mindset, somebody who can help you think. If you, To find a good coach, you've got to find somebody who can help you think, not tell you what to think. And I'm really, really passionate about this because I see some very inexperienced coaches or people calling themselves coaches thinking that their job is to tell you what to do based on the one success they had once. Oh my gosh, that is so accurate. Oh my, okay, I just have to jump in here and comment about this because I think to me, what I've seen are a lot of folks will go through a program and then jump off and do a similar program. They're like, okay, I did it. I learned from someone else. I did what they told me to do. And now I'm going to train somebody else. Or I've had this one success and I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I know that there are times, and I I like the distinction you made between training and coaching, but there have been times Mm. when I said, I want to learn how to do this thing. And I took a course and I learned how to do that thing. But I think when you're really in conversation with someone who's truly a coach, it isn't about you doing exactly what they have done. It's Mm -hmm. about them helping you think about how you can do what you're trying to do. And that's so, so different than I think how a lot of folks are even trained to build out coaching programs. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. A lot of coaching training will say they they go like all you have to do is be one step ahead 
and you can teach the person what to do. All you have to do is be one step. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, that to me feels so unethical and unprofessional and I, I have a problem with it. I won't ever get somebody to do something that I haven't done and I will resource people to go like SEO. I know nothing about SEO, but I have people in my world who do. Yeah. Right. So I make sure that I have got good networks and good, good people around me that help that I trust. So don't come hit me up in your, in my DMs by going, Joe, I'm your SEO person. You're not. Like I take the time to build relationships. That's the danger here, right? Yeah, and we're going to get yeah. to, we'll, we'll probably touch on that as well. Coming back to how do you find a good coach? You've got to find the right coach for you. The same as finding a therapist. You've got to find the right therapist for you. Right now, not coaching and therapy are not the same thing. But it is but, a personality match, right? Like I think there's that yeah. element of the personality match, the skill set match, and then also this other element of what do I need now? Because I know mm-hmm. I've seen you, I, I get tagged in on these things too. And I've seen the, the jo, Joe's question almost invariably is, what are you trying to do? Because <laughs> <laughs> people are like, I need a business coach. And it's like, that means a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. Clarifying what it is that you want to do, seeing who mm-hmm. can do that. Now, I lovingly know some some great coaches, and Katie is not holding a gun to my head in saying that, and neither is Joe. <laughs> I know plenty of people that we've had on our podcast. I also know some people that just, they're they're very good at sales, and they're very good at it, and they can say that they have everything. Like, can we talk about this? I don't know. What, 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 what's the, the ickiness that I'm yeah. trying to describe here? And how do we help people, you know, separate mm-hmm. this out? Because even as you just said, you know, there's the people who are going to hit you up in your DMs. They're like, I'm I'm the SEO person. Here's my long list of seemingly sound credentials for this. But like, all right, good for you in teasing some things out. Like, help yeah. help our audience with this. Yeah. Okay. So the, the marketing tactics that you, and the sales tactics that you see have been around since the Mad Men era, right? So they're not new. <laughs> okay. So these are the, these are the, no, I'll get to it. These are the same tactics that convinced us that smoking was good for our health. All right. So if you go into this more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I've thought about this because I, I have been taught, well, I've been a part of training, particularly coaching training, where they use some of these tactics that I feel are completely manipulative. And I got caught, like I'm just going to share this, I got caught last year. I with the 10 years, 12 years that I've been doing this, I got caught last year. I did I had a $4,000 spend on something. It was about Facebook ads because I know nothing about Facebook ads, but the way this was presented to me was it was going to be customized. It was going to be highly high touch points along the way. I was going to get actual ads. What I was delivered was cookie cutter, same ads as I saw coming up in through my feeds with the same images and the same language, like language, building me a highly untargeted audience so that when I couldn't close sales off the back end of those leads, that coach could come back to me and go, well, it's your sales problem. Here's another coaching program that you need to buy because you've got poor sales techniques. When I'm like, no, 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 you're not delivering on your promise here. So, So if you've been caught out, 
I got caught out last year. So, and yeah. a $4,000 spend was, was uncomfortable. I had to let that go and get over it. So we know from a marketing perspective, we know that urgency works. And I know we all hate it. So if you don't buy today, you'll miss out forever and you'll wish that you've never been born. Like that sort of, and, okay, so I, I'm prone to exaggeration because it stops people in their thinking, right? <laughs> but that that sense of urgency works. So if if you don't like it, ignore it. Now, I'm making a, a point at the moment. In my mind, I will sometimes use that urgency piece, especially if there's a short lead-in time, right? So I'm selling something at the moment. It's in a fantastic coaching program, but it's also got training in it. And I've been doing organic marketing around it. I've been doing videos on it daily for a week. I didn't do one today because I had this going on. But I know people aren't buying because they don't know the cutoff date. They're not going to the, they go, oh, Joe will tell me, the marketing will tell me when the cutoff date is. So we, we've become accustomed to our marketing telling us when things are due and we're so reactive to a sense of urgency, especially health professionals, because we have just lived through three or four years. You guys are in the US, you're doing this more often than you realize you don't do, you don't make decisions unless it's a reaction to something and i'm being very generalized here and i know you'll get some hate for that but i'm watching you <laughs> there's such a level of hypervigilance around your work right how can you be planning 2 weeks in advance 6 weeks in advance if you haven't got some messaging counteracting that amygdala in your brain going buy now buy now buy now buy now so as much as we say we hate those tactics we know that they work. The one that I think that we can all do away with is the fake friending. Oh, oh my gosh. yes. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that's absolutely horrible. Um, and it's really unfortunate that there are people in our world who are teaching what I call fake friending as a tactic. So what I mean by fake friending is you'll get somebody slide into your DMs and they'll go, for example, hey, Katie, had a look at your profile, love what you're putting out into the world, you're awesome. And Katie goes, hi, Joe, thanks for taking notice. The next part is I'm a coach and I want to help you expand, aka I know nothing about you and I've been taught how to do this and this is probably a copy and paste message. And then Katie comes back and goes, what the like, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually wouldn't have responded to the first one, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I, I know this is going on and it makes it hard for me because as somebody who uses Facebook, I genuinely want to connect with people. So I didn't realize how prolific this was until people started ignoring my messages because I'm going, hey, so great to meet you. Thank you for connecting with me. Love to know a little bit more about you. And then I went, oh, shit. They think I'm just like all those other people. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. That social media, which is a point of connection, not a point of sales, has become something that we're now fearful of who we're connecting with. Because if I express a genuine desire to want to get to know somebody because I want to be connected, they're going to shut me down because it's like, oh, hell, don't sell me anything. Like, stop. 
Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> well, and I think this isn't just a, a problem within our profession. I mean, this is rampant mm. everywhere. Mm. I get anytime I pop into LinkedIn, I get tons of messages. Anytime I, you know, Instagram and Facebook, I've tried to to sort those so that, you know, unsolicited mm. DMs are are not coming in. But I would actually take it further even than this random fake friending in the DMs. I think there's also networking that happens that is strategic to the point of being excruciating where it's not really about connection. It's about, I see you as a target for my services. And so I'm going to become your Facebook friend. And that's all it's about. I'm sorry. No, and you're and you're right, and it it just it just it saddens me, especially if we've got other therapists engaging in this behavior. Yeah, right, because you know the community looks to us as experts in human behavior. They look to us as having the answers to the emotional crisis-driven world that we live in these days. Yet, you know, we're it's it's stuff like this that makes me kind of go. Please check in with yourself and ask what it is that's driving you to adopt these practices. Because if you wouldn't do it as a therapist, then why the hell are you doing it as a coach? Yeah. But there are the people who do that. I mean, the the people who who genuinely reflect on themselves, I don't Mm -hmm. think do those things. And so, you know, they're, they're too far a part of the cult, Joe. So we're we're trying to speak to the people who can be saved from the cults. <laughs> okay, so I think this comes back to the the you know, working title of this podcast episode at the moment: How is... to Avoid Grifting Grifters Who Grift. <laughs> the second working title. That's the the subhead. Yes. <laughs> I I think we have to ex- examine um, personally and collectively why it feels like every day I wake up, turn on Facebook, and there's another coach. I found another one on Instagram last night, and I must admit I burst out laughing. I think I even sent Katie a meme about it because I was just (laughs) like, oh, my God, there's another one. Now, that's not to say that these people don't have anything to offer, but it does feel like every day there's a new coach turning up. So my, my questions around this is why do you feel the need to become a business coach for therapists? If your answer is, I can't stand talking to people about their pain anymore, then that is not a good enough reason to become a business coach. Okay, so what 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 is this a good enough answer? I have Mm -hmm. a captive audience of people that I have spent all of my waking hours with for the last like three to four years. And I know very much therapist culture. And I should just, you know, tell people who are three or four years behind me, like, Here's how to make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah, no, it's not good enough. <laughs> it's it's not it's not good enough. It's not a good enough answer, and it's it's what is diminishing our credibility, both as health professionals, because and, and as 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 coaches. Sorry, Kurt. That, I knew you were going to throw something curly at me like that. <laughs> it's. I, I think my concern is that we've got people going. They they think it's going to be easy. They think it's got it's got to be easier than therapy. It's got to be easier. I build my practice. I learned how to write a psychology today profile because I did this person's course in a week. Therefore, I am going to teach all the therapists how to write a psychology today profile. 
I, I can assure you that there are four people like that who are no longer promoting that service. The one person who is promoting that service is the person who started it, who spent years thinking about it and tailored a way to help therapists all over the world understand how to write a, a Psychology Today profile for them, not some copy and paste template. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're too tired to do therapy, don't do coaching. Because all you're going to do is take your fatigue, your energylessness, your dissatisfaction with your own life into another sphere. It, 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 you might get a dopamine hit from the first couple of sales that you make, but all you're going to be doing is replacing one person in a chair with another person in a chair. And I can assure you that coaching therapists is not easy. You guys are smart. You rationalize, you intellectualize, and then you pathologize, and it all gets in the way of you being able to make the gains you want to make. Spoken by Joe. Well, you're, you're not the you're not on this podcast may not be their own. Well, you're, so. you're not the only one that I've heard this from. I've heard from people that like therapists in general make kind of the worst customers for a lot of these very reasons that if we're feeling like we need to be convinced of something then you're going to end us putting us in jail like you're <laughs> you're 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 going to take our kidneys while you're doing it like but hmm. you know it, it's also just kind of like all right you, you might also i i hear kind of the subtext of some other people who get into this it's like well if i'm a coach then it also validates how great of a therapist that i am so yes. that way I, people will see me as a better therapist because i'm out there coaching other therapists right. yeah it, it feeds into a need that we all have putting myself in the same place health professionals all have a need to be significant we wouldn't be doing it otherwise we want to help the world by helping the world we feed our own need for significance that is nothing to be ashamed of but if you're in your work as a, as a therapist and it is draining you, if you waking up with coffee, going to bed with wine, if you're cranky at the kids all the time, if you just can't be bothered to see the next person, or you're so freaking busy, you haven't gone to the toilet in nine hours. Like we've got extremes going on here. That is not, I'm going to be a coach question and it's going to save all my problems. That is a, I have a problem with my relationship to my work and I need somebody to help me sort this out. That's a very different decision. And it's a much more sophisticated, mature, and in Joe's words, ethical and professional way to advance your career. I want to go there, but I have one other thought to kind of expand into before we before we hit that. Because I think to me, one of the reasons that I've heard a lot of folks go into coaching is that they are constantly having other therapists ask them, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. And I probably fall into that when I first started my private practice. You know, I, I definitely, I definitely probably stepped forward as a coach maybe before I should have, but there's also a piece to our profession as therapists, as health providers, where we are constantly expecting someone else to tell us what to do and how to do it. Yes. And oftentimes for free, but then yes. there's also this whole like, 
you know, charge your worth, all the things. And we've got other conversations where we talk about that, where we get into this space as professionals, where we're trying to be helpful and answer questions of all these people. And then we recognize how much time it is taking. And so we start charging for it. And then now all of a sudden, all, we're, all of a sudden, we're a business coach for other therapists. And as the, the Dunning-Kruger effect tells us, we don't know what we don't know. And we've gone into this place where now we're doubling down on trying to do this thing and make it work because, well, it's a little bit easier to coach other therapists than it is to continue to, to, continue to see clients who are struggling with intense trauma or intense things. And so to me, I feel like as a profession, not only do we need to pay for coaching, but we also need to, to recognize that we don't deserve all of this free knowledge. We don't deserve all of this free mentorship just because we're doing something amazing. Yes, we should have some of that, but it's not the, the sense of entitlement, I think, is what drives it for me, where it's it's this, you know, just gonna pick your brain real quick or let's go to oh, God. and I'll get all this stuff. And I think it I think it's when you mm. when you show leadership mm-hmm. that can happen. And so I want to caution folk like me, like don't step too far ahead into a coaching role just because you happen to be a leader and people want your opinion. You don't necessarily know what you don't know. You don't, we don't know what we don't know. I, and that's, that's actually how I started. My second year as a private practice owner, I had 12 women in a 12 month program teaching them how to do what I did. Yeah. I go, I, and, the, and then some of those people have gone on to be so successful. They were all Australians, so successful here in Australia. I look at them and wow, I wonder if they remember me. Like it's, <laughs> it's, you know, cause that meets my need for significance. But n- now when, I have my 30-minute free consult. People think they're coming to shop for a coach. So I've had people go, you're the seventh coach I've spoken to taking advantage of your free consult, thinking that I'm going to be impressed by that. I have to let you know that you're not shopping for me. I'm actually going to make sure that you're somebody I want to work with. So I think that's another part, Kurt, into the, the question of what makes a good coach. I actually don't need you as a client. I don't need you. I I might want to work with you. I might be able to do good with you, but I don't need you. And I think the neediness because there's bills to pay or I didn't make payroll, so I'm going to, you know, become a coach and make $25,000 by sending something to my therapist email list. Come on. That's using people. All right. We've spent... The vast majority of this episode crapping on bad coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wanting to get to like the the summary, like of <laughs> helping people make good coaching decisions. I think the, the very smart and impassioned people can smell out the bad ones. And the permission from Joe is, if it feels bad, don't do it. <laughs> um, but really, all right. So going going through the list of things that you should look for is people who legitimately can help you with the identified problem that you're coming with. Mm-hmm. Get, get absolutely some, get some reviews from some other people who have worked with them before. Uh, if it feels, you know, copy and paste or like they've generated all of their content on chat GPT mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. get your money back and run. Um, mm-hmm. If yeah. If they, 
you know, are spouting Napoleon Hill. Think, think, think grow rich. Think, think, think grow rich. <laughs> uh, run. Um, you know, what, what else is this? Oh, you are limitless. You are oh. limitless. The only limits exist inside your mind. You are limitless. <laughs> please, please stop saying that to your fellow health professionals. We're not limitless. We are overcapacitated. We are burnout, strung out. Like, and I'm not saying, and, and I'm, you know, some of us aren't. Some of us are really healthy, but as, as a whole, I don't think we still realize just how hard the work is that we do, that we turn up every day. And and you know, it's why I'm so impassioned about what I'm doing here is because. I want healthy health professionals. Selfishly, I want to move into my senior years and have good quality, very experienced, engaged health professionals willing to give me care because that's that's not going to be around in the next 30 years. Yeah. Well, because all of the people who are experienced are going to turn into coaches. Or, um, or they leave the profession or they go... <laughs> so. I've just come back from Bali, and yes, I, I was. I'm in Australia. It's only a six-hour flight, people. It's okay. Um, I was in Bali. There is a whole community, a village in Bali that is known as the Expats Online Life Coach Community. Oh so God. you go to this village, this Balinese village, and you ask people the question, what do you do? I'm an online coach. I'm an online life coach. I'm an online business coach. Some people might go, I'm into crypto. But, you know, it, it, and it's, there's memes about it all over the world. This place it's sounds terrible. It is. It's <laughs> awful. And you, and you know what? They have the most trouble with illicit drug use, trafficking humans, and rubbish, and, like, environmental damage. Oh, Just my gosh. <laughs> So we don't want all of the therapists to become coaches because they're one step ahead. They're burned out. They don't want to do therapy anymore. We don't want them to to fall into that space. Mm. We want them to be able to remain health professionals, therapists, all of those things. And I know you use the term future proofing. And so yeah. how can therapists do that? And where can they seek trustworthy guidance? Because I think there's this element of just it's a foregone conclusion. We're going to burn out. We need to stop being yeah. therapists. And, yeah. and that's very sad. And it's also yeah. very hard for our, our world. I mean, it's, yeah. if we don't have therapists, what do we have? We don't have mental health providers that are experienced enough to do some of the work that really needs to be done. Yeah. And we, we have inexperienced, unregulated, untrained coaches trying to provide services to people who need more intelligent, more robust, more evidence-based care than that. So, okay, so I do talk about future-proofing because during the the COVID pandemic years, I I had the opportunity to observe a lot of behaviour and what was going on. And it became really, really clear to me that health professionals, so I, I work with I work with mental health professionals. I work with osteopaths, physical therapists, physiotherapists, speech pathologists, OTs, osteopaths. So I, I'm, I'm working with people who work whole body, physical parts of the body. And what I observed, right, is that we are no longer fit for purpose. We, we, the purpose that we were engaged when we went to college, university, what we were told and prepared for has changed. 
And what I mean, it's like, Kurt's like, what do you mean I'm no longer fit for purpose? It's like we went to university and we were all taught how to work with people when they turn up with single issues. People turn up with single issues, one mental health diagnosis, no biopsychosocial issues, just, uh, and that's how we were taught. Now, I don't know anybody who that's what turns up to their practice, right? So it feels like the rules of the game have changed a little bit, but we're not necessarily keeping up with that because we're just keeping up with what we need to do on a day-to-day basis, right? So how do we have these conversations? Because who's got the time, energy, or inclination to go and sit in another master's program? Or who's got the money to go sit in another master's program? I don't, right? We don't know where these people are sitting and thinking and and learning about this stuff. And if we wait for everything to have a randomized controlled trial sponsored by a pharma company, we're not going to get the type of information and research that we need. So we've got to start listening to people who are spending time being thoughtful about this and people who are prepared to put their hand up a little bit and go, I can see a really great opportunity over here. Can we talk about it? So I put together, and I hope it's okay for me to sprout this now, I have the Future Proofing Health Professionals Symposium 2023 happening in September. And the quality of people, when I went to people and asked if they'd like to be involved, I I was expecting a lot more no's. <laughs> so we, I didn't get them. So at the moment, we've got nearly 20 20 different contributors from Canada, the USA, Egypt. I have this incredible woman from Egypt who's trained in the UK, who specializes in trauma, living in Egypt, having trained in the UK, coming to talk to us about how we're missing what it is to work with traumatized individuals. Like, that's cool. I've got, I just interviewed somebody this morning who is building a game for high performing medical professionals and C suite professionals that will actually help be therapeutic when they're looking for a brain break during the day so they can perform at their next high intensity meeting. And then I've got, you know, somebody else coming along to tell us why we need to get people off the internet and off social media. I've got, so I've got, I'm bringing together these people to talk about this stuff, to share with us and to not preach at us. It's a symposium. So it's about engaging in conversation. It's about starting a conversation. I've got a gorgeous woman, Alyssa, who is actually a newly graduated therapist who is going to be interviewing people who have been in this work for more than 30 years so that we can start gleaning that goodness from the people that have gone before us. So we don't lose that knowledge, but then the new generations, the new people coming through can iterate on it. Because I must admit, I've been doing my work for 30 years and we're still talking about the same issues Mm -hmm. that were presented 30 years ago. So with all the advances in pharmacology and medical science, Uh, There are days when I wake up and go, wow, I need to become a better rehabilitation counsellor and learn new things because I can't wait for the government and technology companies and pharma companies to do it for me. I just can't. So Future Proofing Health Professionals Symposium 2023, that's where you want to be. I've started. 
someone else can pick it up and run with it and do the next thing. That would be awesome. <laughs> Where can people find out more about this? So if you are on Facebook, which I'm assuming a lot of your listeners are, you can search Future Proofing Health Professionals. There's actually a free Facebook, free, did you like that word? Free Facebook. Now the symposium's not free, right? Because I've got some amazing talent coming on, but you know, putting these things together takes a lot of time and energy. Thank you, Katie, for that piece of information. (laughs) So there's a Facebook group. You can also search me, Joe underscore Muirhead. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me at joemuirhead.com. All of those places are going to be able to direct you to this symposium. And, of course, in the show notes for this episode, there will be a link. Oops, I just did someone else's job. (laughs) Hey, if it makes my job easier by (laughs) offloading it to other people, I'm more than happy to do that. So... I just want to say thank you. I always enjoy the conversations with you and (laughs) so glad to have you on here sharing your wisdom with everything. So you can find those show notes over at mtsgpodcast.com where we will include those links and follow us on our social media. Join our Facebook group, The Modern Therapist Group, to continue this conversation. And Mm. we always love listener feedback for topics that you might want to hear. So comment on any of our social media, shoot us an email over at podcast at therapyreimagined.com. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Renoy and Joe Muirhead. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. 